You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Welcome in another edition of Curd and Long. Thanks for uh, tuning us in here. Uh, see Sparky Pfeiffer in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There is Ryan Horvath in lovely Washington, D.C. Uh, hanging out uh, there. And the conference championship games are done. The Packers still don't have a defensive coordinator. Uh, one former Packer player suggesting Derrick Henry become a Packer uh, next season. We'll get into that as well. Uh, and thoughts on some of these hirings around the league, including uh, Horvat's love affair with one offensive coordinator that is moving teams uh, and a fit that I don't like all that much, to be honest with you. So we'll get into that, too, uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. First, I want to start off with Horvat. I don't have it down on the, the YouTube screen here as we st- uh, stream on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. But uh, anybody uh, that you... Uh, really like uh, of the defensive coordinator candidates that are still out there uh, for the Packers at this point that you like to see him get? Man, I feel like I'm on the uh, the boat, the camp here where it's anybody but Joe Barry. Um, anybody but Joe Barry. Jeez Louise. And it's Monday morning for me. Anybody but Brandon Staley uh, for Same. me. That that would be, I, don't, I do not want Brandon Staley. Um, you know, I mean, like, yeah. Brandon Staley is supposed to be this defensive genius. He had all the talent in the world with the Chargers, you know, and I know that they had some injuries, but J.C. Jackson regressed, then got traded to New England and went back to being J.C. Jackson. You know, I mean, like they had a bunch of talent, and the reason that they weren't winning games was the defense. So I I don't want him. Um, I don't – there's really not necessarily a guy that I, that I want, you know. Um, this is where I'm at. So there's, I, I really a, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of talk about position coaches, right? Young guys. Yeah. Uh, and Listen, I'm not going to say they're not going to work. They could be the next Belichick defensively. Who knows, right? I, I prefer somebody that's called defensive plays before. Somebody that's not trying to find the rhythm in a game. Uh, and Because there is an art to offense and there is an art to defense, I believe, in play calling. And some are better at it than others. So, you know, if we're going to go down the path of giving some young guy a chance, and that's what it sounds like may happen, we're going to give some young guy an opportunity to be defensive coordinator for the very first time. 
just be aware that more than likely there'll be some growing pains next season, especially early on as he tries to find his way a little bit on the calls. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I wanted to establish guy, but um, there's not really, you know, like many of those guys out there, you know what I mean? I mean, green Bay is not going to bring in a Vic Fangio uh, or one of these older dudes, um, you know, but I mean, that works. Like look what Jim Schwartz was able to do. Although man, they didn't look very good in the playoffs. Uh, look what Brian Flores was able to do for Minnesota. I just like, I look at these names and I don't think that that guy's out there this offseason, unfortunately. Uh, but I do think that you had to move on from Joe Barry. Again, I don't want Brandon Staley. I would love, uh, you know, um, yeah, I don't really have a name to be honest with you. Do you? Well, I want Jim Leonard. That's who I've wanted from the well, right. Yeah, but we already talked about I, I think I spent the last podcast, like the last yes. for an hour, talking about Jim Leonard. That's who I want. But other than him, man, I I think everybody was like, another Minter was another guy I wanted, but Harbaugh's bringing him to the Chargers, so that's off the table. He's not coming. Um, but again, these are guys that maybe didn't call plays in the NFL, but they have called plays at other points of their life in, say, college football, right? Uh, yeah. So that's why I like that. Um, Leonard apparently hasn't even gotten an interview based on any media reports. Nobody's even have him has him even involved. Uh, at this point, which is mind boggling to me that you wouldn't even talk to him again since you offered him the job the last time. And now he has no job. I mean, a consultant to Illinois is really not a job. Uh, so from that perspective, you know, you would think you would go back. If you liked him so much before, what changed? Because he doesn't have a job that changed. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand why he's not getting like job interviews in college football though. Like everybody I know, like, you know, like that's what we're all talking about is why isn't anybody like, what is he waiting for, man? Is he waiting? I don't for- think he wants to move. He doesn't want to move. Simple. That's why he took the Illinois consulting gig. He can do that from home. You know, go down there a couple times, whatever. But he's in the wrong profession then, man. This is yeah, like, he, I don't think he's got family and kids. I don't think he wants to pick up and move. I think that's that's a part of the issue. So if he's going to move, like everybody in the family is going to have to be on board with, okay, let's go move to Texas or, okay, let's go move to, you know, wherever, Gainesville, Florida. Wherever it's going to be, they're all going to have to be on board. I think that is could be very well be the holdup. And again, he's made some good money. It's not like I mean, poor. I would be happy to be honest with you, right? So, like, if Green Bay were to go out and hire, um, you know, like a former head coach that didn't pan out, but a good defense, Rivera, R- not him though, not not Riverboat Ron. <laughs> yeah. I just think- like I, I'm not trying to. I, this isn't the best content, the best podcast. Con- there isn't like a guy that I would feel good about. Like even like we did this the last pod and you brought up like Rex Ryan and I'm yep. like, oh God, no. You know what I mean? Like there's not that Brian Flores type candidate that's out there, you know, that like still wants to be a head coach, you know, like Dan Quinn. That was a great hire for Dallas. He's not a, he's, I don't want Dan Quinn to become the next head coach of my football team, but he's a great defensive mind. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man, because I don't really love any of these names or it's just like, I don't know enough about them. I'm sure that they could do it. That's fight. my issue. You know what right, I mean? That's like, my issue. I don't know a ton about a lot of, of these guys. guys. I'm more of an offensive guy, like a play caller guy, like a quarterback's coach guy. So when it comes to defense, you know, I always listen to other people. I'll listen to like the Brian Baldingers of the world. Tell me who they think are going to be good. Cause you know, to me, I don't really know. Yeah, we'll find out uh, how this whole thing plays out uh, and go from there. Again, as long as it's not Joe Barry and not Brandon Staley, good. I'm I'm totally fine with that. Uh, but it, all I ask is if you're going to play a similar style defense to what yeah. you've played, which I think that's what LaFleur wants to do. If that's what you want to do, fine. Then draft cornerbacks and safeties 
that play that type of defense well. Draft for the scheme. Please draft for the scheme. Because you got a bunch of dudes out there that want to play more man-to-man, don't want to play as much zone, getting frustrated playing zone. Then draft dudes that you know are successful playing that type of coverage or you believe will be very successful playing that type of coverage going forward. Here's the thing, dude. Like Shanahan in, in San Francisco always knock it out of the park with their defensive coordinator. Same thing with McVay. Those guys always end yeah. up getting head coaching gigs. This isn't for like – no, I don't want Riverboat freaking Ron or a name. I want Matt LaFleur and the smart football people in that organization, mainly Matt LaFleur, you know, to be like, hey, here's a guy that deserves a shot. I think this guy's going to be the next big thing. You know what I mean? Like they work with these guys every day. They understand who knows, you know, who's ready to make that leap and who isn't. So I don't really want a flashy name. You know, well, Christian Parker is the I name. Love, I would love Jim Leonard. You know, I would love some of these guys from the college game. Or I would maybe like one of these coordinators that I don't really know a whole lot about. You know, maybe a guy that's coaching DB somewhere or something like that. Or a so guy this, maybe that's already on staff. Maybe you're promoting from within. Right. This Christian Parker guy that's 32, I want to say, uh, who's been in Seattle, I want to say, and now they're they're talking about bringing him back in. He was in the building as like a newbie, like learning on the job type deal um, before he landed the Seahawks uh, gig to be a, what, a DB's coach or whatever it may be. Um, and has rose quickly. Obviously, he's only 32. Um, and now he interviewed, and there were some reports over the weekend that they offered him the job. So we'll see if this goes. Peter Bukowski uh, tweeted this yesterday. Something I've been wondering about with Christian Parker and the Packers, he was a quality control coach in Green Bay with basically this entire defensive staff. How would it play around the building to hire a coach? They all just outranked in the organizational depth chart like five minutes ago. I don't know. I, I think that's a fair point. I mean, that would be like saying, you know, somebody starts at the radio station as an intern, comes back two years later, and they're the afternoon show host. What? What the hell just happened? Wait a second. Producer's been here like 10 years, a part-timer host or whatever else, and this guy was an intern two years ago, goes and works at another radio station in a different well, you suck it up. I work, I work with people that show up once every three months and make more money than I do. That's, <laughs> that's called real life, Spartan. You know what I mean? Right, like This guy's going to be their boss because you're the D coordinator, so you're the boss of all these other coaches on the staff. That is how, that's, how, that's how it does work. Hey, I would rather I would rather – here, here, here's my thing. I would rather, hey, somebody was an intern, busted their ass, like Eric Spolstra. Somebody was a was yeah. a, a video coordinator, worked their ass up, rather than, hey, this guy's here because his dad, you know, uh, yep. got him a job or he knows somebody, you know, or you know what I mean? Or yeah, you know, this yeah, no Jack doubt. Collinsworth, uh, yeah, nepotism type thing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think guys have a problem with that in this league. Actually, you know what I mean? I don't think that would be a big thing. You know. Um, Unless he went in there. I'm sorry. I said Seahawks. He's with the Broncos. My bad. Yeah, it's okay. But it's unless he went in there and he was like, you know, bossing people around like, hey, remember when I was the intern and you guys were, you know, bullying me? Could you imagine? (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think it would be like that, man. So I just I think that's how this league works, though. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, uh, you know, that's yeah, that's that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see how this whole thing plays out. All right, uh, I probably should have made a little thing for that for the YouTube channel. I didn't think we talked that long about the coordinators. Uh, but who knows? By the time this podcast comes out, maybe they'll have a coordinator. We can talk about it more on Wednesday. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. I want to talk about the NFL uh, Conference Championship games, both sides, AFC and NFC, uh, with Ryan Horvath. Then when we talk about the games, the topic after that will be us talking about what do we learn from a Packer perspective about where the Packers are you know, in relation to where these four teams are kind of that we're playing 
uh, on Sunday. But first, we'll talk about the games themselves. That's up next. Curd and Long on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at. And, of course, streaming live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Back after this. Hey, it's C Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. You can follow Ryan Horvath uh, on at Ryan Horvath. Of course, bet MGM tonight. Weeknights is all the games are going on. You listen to him, Trista Crick and Nick Ashu on the BetQL Radio Network or stream it on your Odyssey app. They'll give you in-game betting advice, give you betting advice on the West Coast games, all that fun stuff. Uh, and actually, uh, tonight, Monday, as we record this, uh, Doc Rivers' first game. Uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks tonight in Denver uh, for that one, Bucks and Nuggets. So that should be a fun one. We'll have our Green and Growing podcast. If you're listening to this on Monday, post-game podcast immediately following that one coming up tonight. All right, let's talk about the NFL Conference Championship games. Uh, let's, I guess, start off in the AFC where uh, the great Lamar Jackson loses again, uh, this time to the Kansas City Chiefs. The great uh, Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator, didn't look so great in the first half of that game as the Chiefs pretty much had their way a little bit. Now, the second half, he shut down the Chiefs. So props to him there. Fine. I'm down with that. Uh, Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, you know, he throws a boneheaded play, you know, into the end zone fourth quarter, and he was pissed off about that. But even if you just put that aside, like he's got to be better than just in general. You're you're that MVP-type candidate that everybody said, oh, you're the MVP, you're the MVP. You've got this outstanding defense that's supposed to be it. Now, again, I'm with you. They didn't do it in the first half. But you're the you're the MVP guy. You gotta go be better than what he was, man. I you you and I went back and forth about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, and he looked good against the Texans. And I said, okay, I was wrong. He was good. Uh, and then you come back in this game, and I don't know. I don't I don't think he regressed or whatever you want to say it is, but you just didn't get the job done. Yeah, I mean, no, he wasn't. He wasn't very good yesterday. He was pretty bad yesterday. But also, you know, Zay Flowers can't fumble. That's a different game if he doesn't fumble the ball, uh, you know, reaching out to try to get it into the end zone. So too many penalties, too many boneheaded mistakes on both sides of the ball. My takeaway was, yeah, Lamar wasn't good, but they could have won that game. They didn't have the right game plan going into that game. You don't have Lamar dropping back, you know, and running a bunch of empty sets and stuff. You, if you want to play Kansas City, if you want to play Kansas City, if you want to beat Kansas City, you run power against them. They really struggled to defend heavy sets, and you had Mark Andrews back, so he should have been on the field with Isaiah Likely, and it should have been Lamar using his legs the entire game. Brock Purdy had more rushing yards than Lamar did yesterday. That was the one area where I thought that they were going to have the advantage over Kansas City. Kansas City can't defend runs, but they especially can't defend runs that are off-tackle. And Lamar Jackson this season off tackle averages almost six yards per carry, 5.9, which was fourth in the National Football League. You know, he was first and designed quarterback runs and quarterback scrambles, which is the most efficient play in all of football. And they're dropping him back, asking him to be Mahomes out there. And that's not really Lamar's game. You know what I mean? Like he's improved as a passer, but I, I just, I thought Todd Munkin was terrible yesterday. Mike McDonald, like you said, he was much better in the second half. I just think that says everything about Andy Reid and Mahomes, dude. Like, and Kelsey put out this. Kelsey played yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, and I put this video out on. I didn't do it, but BetQL did on Instagram, and it's got like 150k views and like 4,000 likes. And there was also some haters on it. And I was like, you know, I talked myself into Mahomes is going to win this game, uh, and he's going to go to the Super Bowl, and he's going to win the Super Bowl because he's the greatest of all time. And these people were all coming at me. Some people, you know, some people were like solid take. Some people right. were like, oh, greatest of all time. What, 
Brady, Montana. And I'm like, I didn't say the most decorated, the most accomplished of all time, but Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback ever to play this game, in my opinion. He has more playoff wins before age 30 than Brady did. Are you telling me Joe Montana? And I, you know, I was around for the end, but you're telling me Joe Montana could roll to his left and throw a 60-yard dart to his right? Absolutely not. You Tom Brady he, he, Montana and Brady both, neither one of those two guys had big arms. And they would both sit down and tell you, like, Mahomes, Pat's way more talented than we ever were. You know, Brady would probably tell you, um, you know, I was, you know, a bigger competitor. I don't even know if he would the do that. cheater. Mahomes didn't cheat that I know of yet, so that also puts him ahead Mahomes, of Brady. Mahomes is the best quarterback to ever play the game. And so um, that's what happened yesterday in that game. He's awesome. Kelsey's awesome. Their connection. I mean, he Kelsey just broke the Jerry Rice records. They broke the Brady-Gronkowski connection records. And who knows? He probably has another year or two left in him, even if he does lose a step, just because for whatever reason, defenses, even if you play zone, like, or if you play man against them, he always finds a way to get open. And uh, Mahomes is awesome. So, yeah, That's that was a stinker, stinker from Lamar yesterday. But I thought Todd Munkin was much worse. I thought he was terrible calling plays yesterday. I was listening to Bill Ryder on CBS Sports Radio that you can hear weekdays on uh, 1250 AM, the fan from 9 to 11. He made a great point. And he said, you know, Throughout the course of this year, and especially in the beginning of the year, everybody was like, well, this is your year. If you're going to do something in the AFC, this is your year because Mahomes doesn't have any wide receivers. All he's got is Kelsey. So if you're going to do something, this is your year. And here they are. And as Ryder pointed out, he goes, they're going to get him a receiver in the offseason. There's no way they don't come out of the offseason without getting him help, more help than what he has at wide receiver because he doesn't have much. Plus, they were banged up. Tony, I don't. Tony didn't play in that game either. Uh, MVS obviously now is going to get another Super Bowl ring out of this, which is insane. Uh, but they're actually probably going to be better going forward um, than anything else after this year because Mahomes is going to have more weapons. I would think this was the year for people to strike uh, and you know stop can't see from getting there, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, and it's because of their defense. I mean, that's what that's the thing, man. Lamar was terrible against the Blitz yesterday, and Spags just sent everybody. He just like. Didn't flinch. Why? Knew they blitz at the seventh highest rate, and Lamar was terrible against the blitz. Why hasn't he had a head coaching interview? I know Dude. he's had his shot. I get it. You know, he's with the Giants or whatever. But I, I'm surprised that nobody has called on Spagnola for a head coaching vacancy. Like, not I, he hasn't had a single interview request that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's just comfortable and happy doing what he's doing. You know, I'll run yeah. the defense, Andy runs the offense, and we'll win Super Bowls every year with Pat. What they need to do is get Matt Nagy the F out of there because he stinks, He's man. awful. And if you notice, like, you know, like the last couple of weeks, it's been more Mahomes in control at the line of scrimmage and um, less Matt Nagy influence, I think, in the play calling, which has helped them out a lot. Yeah, Chiefs, man, like, you just – I knew it was coming. Like, all season long. They just have, like, it's Pacheco or it's Kelsey one week yeah. or it's Rasheed Rice, it's MVS finally making a play, you know, or Richie James. They just – they don't have the most talented team. I agree with what you said. Yeah, next year they're probably even better. Maybe they go out and get a T. Higgins or something like that. Probably not. Because could you imagine I, that? I, I think since he's gonna uh, give him the uh, franchise tag, but who knows? They could go out and get somebody. You imagine T. Higgins in Kansas City? Oh my God! Let's hope that doesn't happen. Goodbye. Yeah, and then you got to face Burrow in the playoffs with Higgins and Mahomes. Oh my goodness. Oh my, that would be brutal. All right, let's talk about the NFC side of things. So let me first start by saying this. The Niners 
After the Packer game, I was like, I don't want to hear this crap about the Niners anymore. That's it. Like, they should have lost. They didn't. Fine. They get credit. No big deal. Then I'm listening, and I don't know who the heck it was, but somebody on BetQL, I tweeted it out. Somebody on BetQL over the weekend compared the Niners to the Michael Jordan Bulls. I about left through the radio to try and put somebody out. I don't know who it was. I have no idea. I never caught who it was. And I tweeted it. I was like, okay, that's it. Now somebody on national radio, I didn't say it was BetQL, somebody on national radio just said, uh, compared the Jordan Bulls uh, to the Niners. I was like, I'm losing my mind. You people are absolutely nuts on this, on your Niner takes. So now here comes the Lions game. And the Lions did the Lions. But my God, for a half of football, they were the much, much better team. This is two games in a row now where the Niners have found themselves not looking as good as the other team they were playing. And two games in a row, they bailed themselves out at the end. Now, this was far more impressive than the Packer game, by far. The Lions, like the Packers, though, similarly, shot themselves in the foot. Campbell going forward on multiple fourth downs that didn't work. Drop passes, fumble, um, all of that stuff obviously working against them. And Brock Purdy running around like Steve Young also was, uh, to me, it was unexpected. Like the first time he broke off, I was like, my God, it's Brock Purdy. What is going on? And then he did it a couple more times. I was like, it's over. They, if, if he's going to be running around free, free and nilly, ain't nobody going to touch him. They're, they're in a lot of trouble. And in the second half, the Niners dominated and Dan Campbell, he didn't cost him by himself, but he definitely didn't help things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, like, and that's the thing, you know what you're going to get with Dan Campbell. And if that works, he's a genius. If it fails, he's, of course, not a genius. But that wasn't the only thing. Like, Dan Campbell last night, a little bit too aggressive. You had that game right in front of you. You blow He's been up. that way all year. To, to, to be fair, Campbell's been that aggressive all year in the regular season, right? See, here's here's what would worry me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what Dan Campbell does. And it's worked for him. Um, but... Here's the thing, like with Detroit, man, I think they're going to regress because they're going to lose Ben Johnson. He's going to take the commander's job, turn that thing around. And then it's Dan Campbell, Jared Goff. Who's taking over play calling? That offense is going to look much different. Like Ben Johnson has done wonders, obviously, with Jared Goff. But I, I... that's it, it. I feel better about being a Packer fan. Even they have a bunch of talent, man. Sam Laporta is the real deal at tight end. Obviously Gibbs is awesome. They still have Montgomery and St. Brown. Jared Goff had a really good year, but when you lose a play caller like Ben Johnson, man, I think they're going to regress on that side of the ball. The defense is good against the run and they could get pressure. Hutchinson's awesome, but that pass defense isn't very good. Feel better about green Bay going into next year. And who knows, might even feel better about Chicago going into next year, to be honest with you. Um, we'll see what they're able to do this offseason, but they're probably going to take Caleb Williams. Yeah, I, I just I think the Lions will go back to being the oh. Lions, man. And you had everything right in front of you. You had a 17-point lead. You were going to the Super Bowl, and you blow it. And it was crazy because they blew that lead, and it's eight minutes later, and we got a tie game, and then San Francisco's up three, and then San Francisco's up ten. And I didn't even think that the Lions deserved the cover for the way that Dan Campbell coached last night. So he cost them in the long run. Um, you know, they, they still have a bunch of talent, but losing Ben Johnson is going to be a okay. huge loss, dude. I have the answer to who replaces Ben Johnson. Cause I looked at my phone real quick to see their coaching staff. And I remembered this dude actually has an interview this week. I want to say Antoine Randall L their wide receivers coach. That's going to be your next offensive coordinator. 
got a ton of coaching experience. He's a player like your boy Campbell. Um, he's got an interview this week somewhere else, I think, for an offensive coordinator or a head coaching job somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but I saw it. I believe that's his first interview this cycle uh, for promotion. So if Johnson takes a commander's job, which you assume is going to happen, as does everybody in D.C., so if he takes that job, yeah, then I would think that they'll just promote Antoine Randall. They'll run the same offense. But as we've said before, the art of calling plays is an art form, right? It's not anything. And I, one other thing, and I, we're not talking about this, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are interviewing Arthur Smith for their offensive coordinator job. If I was the Pittsburgh Steelers, I would rather talk to Antoine Randall, my former guy, about coming and being the offensive coordinator than going down the, the path of Arthur Smith after watching that Falcons offense last year. That's just me. I just, I, but to really quick to defend Arthur Smith, which I don't want to do. Trust me, that team cost me a ton of money this year. But I, uh, I think it's easier for him to focus on the play calling duties, focus on game planning for that when he's also not the head coach of the football team. So I wouldn't Fair hate point. that. Player. You know, especially if Matt Canada has been calling plays for the yeah. last couple seasons. But, but you don't uh, have a quarterback. But man, but like Antoine Randall L and shout out Antoine Randall L because he grew up like 20 minutes from me. But see, that's the thing, man. Like you could run the same offense, yep. but you saw Ben Johnson last night in his bag. I mean, the the jet sweep to Jamison Williams that goes for six to give him the lead right off the bat. You know, he set that up, man. He was so good on those first two, three scripted drives. And that was all Ben Johnson. And so um, I'm not saying like the Lions can't be a playoff team, but. I don't think they're a game away from the Super Bowl next year with that defense. And that's like even on the defensive side of the ball, I didn't understand why Aaron Glenn was getting interviews. That defense wasn't even very good, other than like Hutchinson and you know uh, they're pretty good against the run, but they can't stop the pass. So you get another player, ex player in there on that coaching staff, and I think that could be like an eight nine win team, man. Well, it'll be interesting, and that's what I want to talk about next. What did Packer fans take away from the conference championship games? Uh, I'll tell you. That I took away, this team might be in a damn Super Bowl next year. That's what I took away from it. They're going to get a new defensive coordinator. They're going to get a draft. Cross your fingers that Goody has another good draft like he has had the last two years. You add some more talent to this thing. This could be this could be a team that could be in the Super Bowl next year in Jordan Love's second year as a starter because there's not much there when you look around the NFC to go, oh, yeah, they can't beat them. Oh, yeah, they can't beat them. We said that about the Cowboys. They beat them. We said that about the Niners. They should have beat them in San Francisco. And now you're going to get a new defense that has to be better than what we have with Joe Barry. Yeah. This offense has had a year to figure itself out, so you're not going to have this long lull in the middle of the season like they had this last year. I mean, what? I, I haven't looked at the schedule as far as teams they play necessarily, but I think going into next year, you're thinking, what, 11, 12 wins? You're, you're going to be talking about a division title uh, and home field at least one, one or two games next year, I would think, with this Packers team. So watching that whole thing with the Niners and the Lions, to me, I'm just like, oh, they're good. Like, they are ready to roll next year. Yeah, here on uh, Monday, January 29th at 11.51 a.m., Eastern time zone. I am ready to make my prediction for next year's conference championship games in the <laughs> AFC. It'll be Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs yep. taking on Joe Burrow in the Bengals. Ooh. And then in the NFC, it'll be the Los Angeles Rams with a revamped defense. Stafford stays healthy. Puka and uh, Cooper cup in a bounce back year taking on the green Bay Packers, Sean McVay 
versus Matt LaFleur. Those are the two teams in the NFC I feel best about going into next year. Niners, you know, they're going to have the Super Bowl hangover. Either they win it finally and get that monkey off their back, they're two and a half point favorites, or they lose the Mahomes and they lose some of those guys, right? Whereas with Green Bay, you know, now you have a new defensive coordinator coming in. We don't know who it's going to be, but you have two – you have a first-round pick. You have the second-round pick that should have been a first-round pick if Aaron Rodgers was able to play 60% of the games. And if you're able to move on from David Bakhtiari, you're probably going to get a decent return. If they decide to move on from Jair, which I don't think that they should, you're going to no. get a decent return. Got to fix up the secondary. Need way better safety play. But you have to feel great about that offense, mainly because of the offensive line, even without David Bakhtiari, number two in pass protection. Um, you know, you probably bring back Aaron Jones. I don't really want to pay a guy like Derrick Henry at the end of his career. I would rather draft one of these awesome running backs. You know, I would rather go out there and you don't have to spend money on the wide receiver position, but maybe get a vet. I don't know. I feel really good about Green Bay going into the next season. And yeah, that was my biggest takeaway from the conference championship games in the NFC is I'm sitting there, I'm watching San Francisco down 17. I'm watching Brock Purdy and I'm like, this isn't a perfect team. And you're watching the Lions and you're like, this is a team that, if Green Bay would have played Detroit again, they would have won. I think Green Bay would have won again, man. Like yep, totally Aaron Glenn, if you go back and you watch that second matchup, they had no answers for Green Bay on the offensive side of the ball. They tried to play man, and Jordan Love picked them apart. I think Matt LaFleur outcoaches Aaron Glenn every time they play him. Yeah, so I feel good about Green Bay going into next year. Green Bay and, and the Los Angeles Rams, if they could stay healthy. That's always right. the big thing with them. Those are the two teams I like the most in the NFC going into next season. Maybe Atlanta gets a quarterback, but I, nah, I'm good. Kirk Cousins would do a world of good for that team if they got Kirk Cousins. Then you could talk about that being a playoff team and a team to deal with. He has Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Take a quick time out. Come back. I want to talk about what he brought up quickly there by uh, with Derek Henry because Kurt Bankert, the former Packers backup quarterback who is more popular on social media than he was when he was a player. Uh, we'll talk about his take because he always has Packer takes on Twitter. He's a good follow. I follow him. I enjoy his uh, his stuff that he puts out there. We'll talk about his take on uh, what he thinks the Packers uh, could do to really help things out for their season next year and going forward. Up next here on Curtin Long, download on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at, check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Hey, it's C. Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM, The Fan. He has Ryan Horvath over there at BetMGM tonight, part of the BetQL radio network. And, of course, if you go over to 1250amthefan.com, check out the interviews I do each week. Last week, uh, I had a chance to talk to Kurt Hogue of uh, the Milwaukee Journal Central, Brewers Beat Right, talked about the Reese Hoskins signing, uh, amongst other things from the Brewers this offseason. So you can check that one out. You can also check out my interview with Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. That was a lot of fun, too, talking about Joe Barry being fired. And then, of course, Jim Ozarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Bucks beat writer, talking about the way that this all played out with Doc Rivers becoming head coach of the Bucks and how pissed off I was about that whole thing uh, playing out. All right, let's talk some more Packer football. Uh, the Kirk Benkert uh, quote tweeted a quote uh, yesterday, I think it was. It says, Derrick Henry wouldn't need to kill his body in Green Bay. It would be the ultimate thunder to Aaron Joe's lightning. Henry, who just turned 30, uh, is entering his free agency year. No indication uh, that he will be back with Tennessee at this point. He's pretty much already said goodbye to everybody. Uh, so he's going somewhere. Uh, a 30-year-old quarterback, I don't think Ryan Horvath is going to get paid a ton of money, even if it is Derrick Henry, especially with the wear and tear on his body that he already has. So I think if Derrick Henry is expecting a huge payday, I don't think it's going to happen. If Derrick Henry is chasing a ring, hey, man, 
I think Green Bay could have a nice little sales job here where you don't got to be the guy, and we need to rest Aaron Jones a little bit too. You both can split carries, get about 15 carries each a game, uh, and go to it. That would be a nightmare for opposing defenses if Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones are lined up side-by-side side in the backfield behind Jordan Love to go along with the double tight ends and everything else the Packers have going on. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Woo! Two old-ass running backs. I'm not spending that amount of money on running. This is That's not age mad. discrimination. Not That's what they're doing right now. This is not 1993. I will not even entertain this. No. Derrick Henry... If anybody wants to place a wager, Derrick Henry will not be a Green Bay. Player. I agree. In what world? In, in what world are you people still living in where Derrick Henry is going to come ring chase in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as well? We did this with Odell Beckham Jr. Right? We did this with Tony Gonzalez. He was with Lafleur in Tennessee. Remember? Remember they were together. They have a relationship. That relationship is there. It's not just Green Bay. He knows Matt. They have a relationship. So there is a little bit of a tie-in. I agree with you. He's not coming Marshawn to Marshawn Lynch played with Aaron Rodgers at Cal. They had a relationship. That yeah. That right? should have happened. They all, all of these things should happen. <laughs> They're never going to happen with the Green Bay Packers, damn it. That, like, you know, if – I'm not even I'm being a hater right now just because I don't even like to think of these things. I I think Derrick Henry might have a couple of good years. If it happened, I'd be excited. I'd be like, "Hell yeah." But I just I don't even get excited when I see these things anymore. The well, last time I got excited was when I saw Odell, I'll never forget the report. Odell Beckham Jr. not only wants to come to Green Bay, he wants to play this Sunday against yep. the Rams. Yeah, he he never came to Green Bay. Instead, he went to the Rams. And played against us. So, yeah, I don't think it happens, man. I, I would rather just draft one of these guys like a, the next Derrick Henry, a power back, you know, get get Blake Corum. I'd second rather draft Blake, I would rather draft Blake Corum in the second round or third round than pay Derrick Henry. And he'll be cheaper and he'll be better. I'm just not a big Blake Corum guy. I don't know. Man, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm just, I'm not. I lost haven't. my computer over that one. Why yeah, not? I, I've, I've had, I've watched Michigan. He well, doesn't, do, he doesn't do much for me. No, I, hold on. no, that's fair. He's not, he's not very explosive, but he led the country in touchdowns. Like, yes, you get him, I know. He's what you want AJ Dillon to be. Right. He, yeah. So I think he would be. Aaron perfect, Jones is still your one, though. Yeah. He would be your perfect compliment. Yeah. Yep. And, and maybe we don't need a two because what happened down the stretch is they didn't have a two. So by default, they had to make Aaron Jones the one for the first time in his career, and he was the best back in the league. Yep. You know, like the the Lions, if they won that game yesterday, should have been calling Matt Lafleur in Green Bay and being like, "Hey, we owe half of half of this to you guys because you gave us the game plan." Like, oh man, we could really run the ball against San Francisco. I didn't understand why teams weren't doing that all year. They're twenty six in success rate. I think the problem is that's a defense kind of like Green Bay's that's built to have the lead. That's why they're super aggressive, too, like LaFleur was in the second half of the season. They want ball first. They want to score. They want to go up 14-0 and put the pressure on you to throw the ball, and then they tee off with that pass rush. Thing is, that pass rush hasn't been very good. Nick Bosa has been on a milk carton, and Chase Young. Chase Young is a huge bust. Yep. Montez Sweat, not a bust. Chase Young is a bust. Between the two guys that got traded from Washington, one played like a stud and got paid, and the other one, not so much. He is Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Coming up uh, on Wednesday, I'm going to go over some of the free agents uh, that the Packers have to make decisions on uh, and kind of get pick Ryan Horvath's brain as far as 
who he wants back, who he doesn't want back. And hopefully by Wednesday, we'll have a new defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers to talk about. That would be fun too. Enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget, download us on the Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at. And of course, check us out on YouTube on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Have a good one. Toodles. 